0: Welcome back to another edition of Back to Fundamentals podcast. Today, we'll be discussing the wonderful world of NGLs, LPG, and petrochemicals. My name is Samantha Hartke. I'm the head of NGLs, and with me today is oil products analyst Kieran Tyler. We'll be discussing a variety of subjects today, but let's start off with the elephant in the room, which is winter and the winter that's very quickly receding. So let me bring in Kieran really quickly um, and talk about what we, we've both had a very, very interesting start to the year um, with LPG prices both east and west of Suez skyrocketing and just as quickly plummeting. So Kieran, I'll bring you in here and let's talk about what's going on uh, first in Europe with the um, fall off in prices and propane and what's going on with weather there.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mantha. So um, Europe has seen a really significant correction in uh, propane prices over the last few days, um, last week primarily. Um, And that was for a couple of reasons. I mean, uh, one of the biggest reasons was it was kind of tracking uh, the benchmark prices in uh, Northeast Asia and the US Gulf Coast which dragged down European prices, Um, but also we have had a bit of a fall-off in uh, certain localized uh, demand, uh, as you said, for residential heating. Um, And what that's done is it's pushed the uh, propane NAFTA spread uh, back into a discount, which is usually the traditional discount of, uh, of, of propane to NAFTA. Um, and uh, that's caused a lot of excitement in the market because uh, NAFTA has, uh, sorry, propane's been at a premium to NAFTA um, since sort of uh, since kind of early December-ish, um, I believe. And that has meant that all of the uh, flexible crackers um, in the European cracking fleet have been maximizing NAFTA. Um, and now it looks it looks that there's going to be uh, a switch coming up. Probably, probably not for another few months. Still, is our opinion. But there's obviously there's been a lot of excitement in the market that we're finally seeing sort of a normalisation of the that sort of price relationship of uh, of of propane and naphtha. But um, I mean, looking at the most current uh, the most current sort of swaps market and the, the forward curve in in northwest Europe. Um, and taking into account our kind of our cash cost margins, I mean, we're still of the opinion that there won't be significant um, switching for uh, petrochemical feedstock until uh, until the spring, until uh, really until kind of May time, um, we'll see sort of more more heavy switching, um, and and that is that's because the global propane market, despite this correction, um, fundamentally is still is still quite tight, and uh, I know that's something that you've been tracking in particular in Northeast Asia. So I hand that back to you to discuss what's, uh, what on earth has been going on over there.
0: Sure. So Asia has been really what's kept us very busy with the intense cold in Northeast Asia, China, um, Japan and Korea, that is coming off now. I mean, you had points where you had more spiking of LPG into LNG to to raise heat value. Korea was taking uh, vessels like crazy, so was China, but we're coming to the point where you know, if you're clients of ours, you saw in our most recent weekly, we call it in the Department of Corrections, everything's kind of backed off. The temperatures have moderated, or they're calling for moderation by, well, within the next few days. The risk of the so called La Nina pattern is abating slightly. And I think what is more important here is the market is looking at these um compressed netbacks out of the US with these very high VLGC freight rates and thinking, hang on, let's see how long I can wait. And it helps because you're going to this period right now, which is the Lunar New Year is coming up in Asia. It's typically a lull period. They're going to uh, take a breather um, Although whether they take a breather, given some of those restrictions in China, is a is a good question. But it's typically the time when things slow down. So they are going to slow down. We do ex- we we've expected this correction for a while. We did think things were getting overheated. So this is not. Um, Unexpected. If you look at the some of the price movements today, people have come back to their desk and gone, "Oh, it's a bit of a buyer opportunity here." Uh, so we we we've been calling for a while that March is a bit undervalued. People will come back, they'll restock, and hopefully things will you know, you know cooler heads will prevail. But that's really a propane question because that's what you want for heating. That's what you want for your propane dehydrogenation units, uh, particularly in Asia, which we've been harping about for a long time, which will be the cornerstone of a lot of the fresh demand in 21. But what's interesting to me is butane, the the dark horse butane, is coming back into the cracking mix in Europe. So talk me through that, Kieran. I mean, there's a lot of risk around that view, but are you hearing that petrochemical operators are seriously... Putting that back in?
1: Um, well, there have been, from the reports that we can see, there have been movements of some uh, some coasters to uh, sort of areas which can, uh, like southern France, the sort Laverre, of where where we know crackers there can uh, switch to butane and crack butane. So we have seen those uh, movements come along quite promptly with um, with with that switch. It's, it's a really interesting dynamic, actually, because um so typically in the winter you get a significant amount of butane demand from uh sort of as as a blend stock for 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 gasoline um you know for for winter specification up to 10% of uh, around that level of your your gasoline pool can can be butane and it's typically uh, a cheaper um a cheap component that you can get away with blending in but um w- what we've seen in Europe of course is because of the the lockdowns um we've had a really dramatic reduction in gasoline demand and also autogas demand Um, so there's been um there's despite refinery runs being quite low which is limited supply Um, so because we haven't seen that level of of butane demand in europe from the gasoline blending autogas sector uh, butane prices are significantly less um, than propane at the moment and to the point that they' uh, that you know spot butane is now marged very slightly uh, according to our margin analysis very slightly more economical to burn um, at, uh, at flexi crackers and I mean the so I think more crackers will start to consume more more butane if the lockdowns are sort of extended further across key countries.
0: They certainly look like they're going to be just based on the yeah, cases that we see exactly, coming in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I think that is the, the real risk to to uh, to NAFTA demand um, is actually butane fighting its way back into the pool just because gasoline and autogas is, is so weak.
0: Uh, well, let me ask you a question because we had an issue same time, well, same time around this year when Europe went into the first major all-out lockdown which was a butadiene disposal problem and you know if you crack butane you get a heck of a lot of butadiene. now I know it's a slightly different situation here but do you think it would give petrochemical operators pause this time if um, if they do want to crack butane you do you have some sort of butadiene disposal problem are we get are we in that same situation are we close um, to it
1: yeah i i don't quite i don't quite think we're there because obviously the first time round in europe uh of sort of the s- spring last year the lockdowns were were more severe in that um sort of uh, factories um yeah automotive manufacturing plants were um forced to close uh and that that had this real issue of um uh, of as you said sort of how you dispose of all this this is butadiene it's it's a fairly um, niche commodity, and that there's not a huge amount of um, of, of storage in in Europe. Um, and although you had sort of stronger demand for for light olefins, uh, light olefins, and for for light plastics for packaging and and PPE, yeah, um, you know the the rubber. Um, I mean polybutadiene in particular, and and styrene butadiene rubber that goes into um, automotive manufacturing for tires and whatnot—that really, obviously, wasn't wasn't needed because the plants had, lo- had, had almost all shuttered across Europe for a number of weeks. Um, we're not at that point yet. Obviously, um, there is an issue that I know you've been tracking quite closely, Samantha, with regards to the shortage in yeah. the semiconductors mm-hmm. market and what that's done to manufacturing and that's that's ease off production. But I don't think we're going to get to the the level where you know you physically can't crack. Um some of the heavier feedstocks because right. you just can't dispose of it unless unless something even more you know unless the lockdowns get so extreme that um plants are forced uh, ma- you know downstream manufacturing plants right. are forced to close,
0: yeah, and I think that's the key difference that we've been hopping on for a while between where we are where we're at now versus where we were at q two twenty q three twenty is that there is absolutely no appetite for that sort of massive all out lockdown and the ruinous effects it can have on economies however you you the semiconductor shortage is a good point to bring up, and I think it's worth dealing with here and explaining to people who, who haven't heard about this before because I do see this as a major risk. I mean, we've pointed out that cars, that whole chain, is risk to the upside and the downside, um, and the downside is when we saw you know, the plant shuttering first in Europe. And that is sort of happening again, but not to the same extent because of the semiconductor shortage. To, to, to make a long point short, there is a shortage of automotive semiconductors. The Europe is the primary supplier of these by far and away. And... Because of the sugar rush, people apparently people came out of lockdowns and all went to buy cars. Manufacturing of cars was not able to catch up. So the demand for these conduct- semiconductors was very rife. Um, industry has not been able to catch up for various reasons, which we can get into later. There's been all sorts of shipping issues. And because of this certain... Car companies in certain lines have had to slow down and or shutter. Uh, now we put out an alert saying we didn't think it would happen in China. We were correct. In fact, most car companies VW, um, I think we have VW. We've got Dodge. We have Subaru, and we now have Audi. Um, have basically been either slowing down and or shutting lines in Europe and North America rather than Asia, which is very telling. So when will we get to the end of this the second biggest chip uh, chip manufacturer has said june at the earliest because they're going to put out so we've got a fair amount of pain here to get through before this sort of writes itself and it's not this is such a s- established supply chain it's not as if you can just go out and find yourself a new supplier because uh we did a deep dive on this you know you need some sorts of all sorts of iso certifications these aren't easy to get. You can't get them very quickly. You can't solve this problem as quickly as like. So there we have it. And that is the risk, I think, to car production lines, which is the slowdown and or shuttering. Could it get worse? Possibly. Um, so this is one of the things that we'll be keeping an eye. And I know, you know, Kieran, you're on top of this when we when we do our look at the petrochemical companies uh, as they put out their guidance and the earnings. This is one of the things we'll be looking out for. But Another offshoot I think of this is you and I've been discussing Kieran is container shortages which speaks to the larger shipping issue which I which affects all the way down the supply chain but There has, there is a massive container shortage issue globally speaking because you think about it. You stayed at home. You bought a lot of stuff online in Amazon um, rather than gone to the stores. And these things have to get to you and probably not from the country that you're ordering them in. So there's been a massive container shortage, uh, shortage in the world. Um, The price of containers is more than doubled. This has been on the one hand, when you think about it, good for downstream petrochemical flat prices because it's put in this sleigh of support because if you want that pellet you're going to pay for it and that sort of, sort of wraps around your whole uh, transportation costs on the other hand if you're a small business or a medium-sized business and you can't afford it this is terrible for you so one of the things that we and the service have to look for is you know, end user demand and the ability for the manufacturing industrial sector to meet that demand, and that could really go either way. Um, so that's one thing to to look out for that could possibly come back and bite downstream prices in the in the in the behind. But if you look at if you take it back upstream vlgc rates similarly have had the same situation where you want the upstream feedstock you're willing to pay for it and we've been saying for a while now even though the vlgc freight rates have fallen um your margins are compressed because you go into this low period we get a lot of client questions asking us oh when will this when will vlgc freight rates come down uh below 100 dollars per ton when will ARBs uh, widen to, to to more economic ranges and the Our answer is, don't hold your breath. Um, We've done a lot of work around vessel scarcity, and now you have the Panama Canal congestion, which is a dynamic that is not going away for years and years. I mean, people are already thinking about what this means for their their, uh, shipping next year. Um, But in, in the near term, there has been, and I mean, very near term, there has been a slight loosening because of two reasons. One is, you know, Saudi Aramco has has made some cancellations for their Feb schedule for LPG, probably get the same for March because of their, um, their overcompliance, if you will, with the OPEC plus production curtailments. But on the other hand, I'm going to throw it back to you, Kieran, is, you know, US imports have not really been needed in Europe. And we've been talking about this for a while and you've never really bought the price spike in ARA can you, can you talk through that and I mean this has been months in the making of why they've been able to why Europe has' been able to not take as much US imports as they've needed?
1: Yeah with regards to ethylene and polyethylene and mm-hmm. uh, as well as the um, you mean as well as the, the, the feedstock program yeah right, yeah
0: right, the right. whole chain.
1: Yeah, the whole chain. So, um, I mean, from the propane standpoint, this is mostly to do with um, feedstock switching and uh, crackers, Rejecting propane and favouring NAFTA, especially uh, sort of the light paraffinic, high paraffinic grades of of NAFTA, which has been really interesting because propane has been so tight because of the high uh, v- um, VLGc rates and because of the fundamentals in Northeast Asia in particular. Um, so crackers in Europe, as I said at the start, have been favouring NAFTA and some particular grades of NAFTA they've been favouring of the high paraffinic grades, where you can yield higher sort of light olefins uh, out of that, um particular ethylene and Propylene, and those two markets have been really strong because of the demand for packaging and the demand for um, protective uh, equipment um, due to sort of rising COVID infections, um, and that's where most of the sort of the most favourable margins have has come from. Um, and so because of that, you what's happened is that um, some of the petrochemical operators in Europe that have term contracts to pick up some of these um, pick up some of these shipments of of propane from the u s. Gulf Coast um have either rejected them or they've resold them into the local market um simply because they 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 don't re- require um, the propane to burn because they're instead um, buying after. Um, and, and they're favoring to burn that. And we, we, as I sort of said at the start, we're expecting that to continue and we're through at least sort of early spring. And we're also expecting um, high paraffinic grades to be at a significant premium. I mean, they've been in sort of low double digit premiums uh, in North York for a, a while now, a good few months. And it's kind of fluctuated a little bit um, but we expect that to remain, um, just because we feel that the um, sort of the light olefins margins are going to be holding up the the, the cracking margin complex uh, more so than the heavier plastics, um, for the reasons that Samantha said with regards to the limits on um, automotive manufacturing in particular. Um, and so, yeah, that's a very interesting dynamic, and we, like I said, expect that really to continue into into late spring.
0: So. Just let's, so let's not be complete, Debbie Downers. Let's talk about summer. Uh, We're still fairly bullish on, well, maybe bullish is too strong a word, but constructive about where we see summer and feedstock demand. Can you talk about some west of, uh, you know, a parting shot on west of Suez demand going into the summer, what you're looking at? Because the balances are still pretty tight going into summer for ARA.
1: Yeah, the balances are quite tight, um, and I think this is largely due to, I mean, looking at it on a year-on-year basis, and and just sort of where the cracking margins were uh, last year in the summer due to the lockdowns and and whatnot, versus uh, an expected return to some kind of normalcy as the sort of vaccine programs roll out across Europe and restrictions to begin begin to ease, and as the heating demand sort of dissipates in the northern hemisphere for propane, we expect. Uh, more and more of that to find it uh, as prices fall and get become more competitive with uh, with lighter grades of naphtha um, for flexi crackers to switch back to burning propane um, and yeah I mean the interesting dynamic there on a global level is of course I mean we do expect a switching to occur around uh, May time quite heavily for propane but in Asia because of how tight fundamentals are because of the new PDH units that are ramping up. Um, you know, we don't expect any significant switching at the moment in uh, in in Asia and we expect the cracking fleet there to continue to right. favor NAFTA.
0: Yeah, what is interesting about the fleet cracking fleet in Asia is all the new additions, prime <laughs> a lot of them are ethane based. So what'll support US ethane price can can take it'll get some not a not a lot because of our overall um premise that you know u.s ethane heavy u.s ethane inventories will still be dampening but again pdh units in asian and it's not just a chinese story do have a couple of um PDH units outside of China coming online this year, that's a massive flow of support and some of those buyers are already out in the market trying to suss out cargoes. In fact, they are some of the ones that snapped up some of the so-called cancelled cargoes out of the US already You know, sensing a deal. So, I mean, we're still uh, for Asia, very, very tight balances particularly in the July to September timeframe. We don't see that coming off despite the near-term um, restrictions and some of the so-called lockdowns in some of the Asian countries I mean to us that still means if you're staying home means you're burning probably LPG and if you're not you're probably buying uh, more merchandise online which means more plastics Um, so we'll take we'll probably end right there I know there's a lot to digest and we'll continue to stay on top of these markets for you Um, thank you very much Kiran for joining me on the podcast today if you need to reach out to either of us we're always available at analyst at energyaspects.com Please stay tuned for our next edition of Back to Fundamentals soon. Thank you very much.